Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber, today joined by John and Logan, as they always are. Today's episode number 120, and we're going to follow up with uh, something that we pitched that we were going to talk about last week, but never really got to. And it's why Phil ditched his table saw. So if you have a strong opinion on that, you're going to want to stick around and have your email and comment button ready. Today's episode is brought to you by Shaper Tools. They're the makers of the Shaper Origin, the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. You can tackle joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. You could try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Visit shapertools.com to learn more. All right. Now, the best part of doing this podcast is that I usually do the intro and the promo for it as we start. So what I say may or may not actually get talked about in the episode, which is just how it goes sometimes. Yep. There's no guarantees. Yeah. So... La, uh, what was it? We've gotten a couple of these emails, right, John? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read one of them. This is from Ian, who writes, Hi, Phil. Could you please tell me your reasoning for getting rid of your table saw? I was interested in hearing what you, you now use, but wasn't sure if your original re- wasn't sure of your original reasoning. I love mine. It's an old rigid TS2424. Not the greatest, but I couldn't imagine getting rid of it. I do have the Craig gadgets for cutting large sheets up, but I don't think the accuracy is that great. Perhaps it's just me. I would also really love a drum sander, as I recently started making end grain cutting boards, and one of those would make it a breeze. Right now I built a sled with a router planing bit, but it's not great and frankly a little scary. Thanks for a great show. So... Um, I just thought we'd talk about table saws a little bit today and I'd share a little bit of the reasoning why I have and why I do not have a table saw in my shop. And then I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on it as well. The main reason I wanted to do this is to talk about the fact that the longer I've been in woodworking, the more I realize that every decision is extremely subjective on tool choices and design and technique, you know, and and I know you run into this, Logan, with uh, product reviews because you do that in popular woodworking. We don't really so much in Woodsmith. We take a different tack on those. But product reviews really like to have a bunch of stats in there. And I, f- I feel like even when you include the stats, if you drill down and poke at them a little bit, it's still subjective. Because, like, for example... And I, and I know it, like some of that has to be there, but you guys did the cordless drill showdown, shootout, whatever, recently. And it was like, how many hex bolts could you drive, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then Chris did the cordless tool seminar not that long ago. 
And he was talking about how many mortises he did with the Milwaukee cordless plunge router. And I get that. But on the other hand, there's like, does that number mean anything? Because for safer driving the lags, that was like one lag after another, after another, after another. And at some point, well, A, who drives that many lags in a row to begin with? And B, if you were to have spaced those out at like five minute intervals, would you have been able to drill more because you kept your battery cooler? You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think some of it is just to give some form of metrics, you know? Right. Like I said, it's... Because other, yeah, yeah, cause otherwise it is completely subjective. It's like, oh, I think this one feels better, so therefore I'm going to give it the best. It's like, well trying to put some form of number on it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and how do you rate battery life without putting a number on something yeah exactly anyway all that to caveat the fact that my decision to not have a table saw in my shop is entirely a result of my own personal malfunctions it's, and it feels a contrarian right i mean <laughs> And, and I admitted that in my response to the guy who wrote in for Ian is, you know, I am a bit of a contrarian and it just, I feel like there is a lot of woodworking advice online, in print and in books that takes as a given that a table saw is the center point of your workshop. And we're guilty of it here at Woodsmith. And it's something that I've long struggled against as as a writer and even as, you know, being the one in charge now is like you have to assume something for describing projects. Otherwise, it turns into a choose your own adventure novel. But I just question whether a table saw needs to be the center of a workshop for a hobbyist woodworker. And that answer might be yes. And it might be no for two very different, very valid reasons. Yeah. Well, and I think it does depend on who you are, how you grew up working and what your end goals are in your shop. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, hard I understand where people are like oh it's a table saw it has to be the center of the shop because it is in some shops but it doesn't have to be yeah you know so the the contrarian angle played a role for me and there was going along with it um, popular woodworking had a contributor for a while Adam Cherubini who did the arts and mysteries column for you guys and he would write a he had a blog that he had regularly on the Popwood site. And I I printed it out somewhere. Um, but he had a uh, he called it the GWOT, the Global War on Table Saws. <laughs> Cause around the time that he was writing these blog posts several years ago, he was you know, it was kind of in the midst of several in the woodworking circles, high profile lawsuits about table saw injuries. 
and going along with saw stop as that was gaining traction and stuff like that. And he questioned the need of having a table saw. He did all his work uh, with hand tools. So he was sort of coming at it from that perspective, but uh, his blog post enough, I'm going to see if I can dig them up and then I'll link to them in the show notes page. Um, he just questioned, even if you do use power tools, is the table saw the right tool to use? And I had already been thinking about it way back then. And it took me a couple of years before I finally pulled the trigger on it. So, so we'll go with the cut. Well, go ahead. I was say, it, I was just talking to somebody and I don't remember who it was, but was somebody, it was either somebody down at the Kansas City Woodworker Skill Race just was at, or may have been somebody in the Portland Guild. Um, regardless, somebody was just saying how they don't let any of their students actually rip on the table saw. They, their table saws are only set up for cross cuts with cross cut sleds, and all ripping is done at the bandsaw. Hmm. Because that, in their mind, is the safer, better option to rip boards with, which I sure. don't disagree with that if right. it's set up well. Yeah. Which reminds me, because that was one of the other things that made me think about it too, because I had read some stuff that Michael Fortune had written. Uh, I don't remember if it was bandsaw setup related or just general woodworking, where he talked about that he uses uh, a bandsaw for ripping and never rips on a table saw. So that got me thinking along that sense because, you know, historically for Woodsmith, whenever we talk about a bandsaw, it's either for making curves rough, you know, you're roughing out a curve that you will then smooth out with a variety of other tools. Or we talk about it, this would be like the other 5% of the time or less for resawing something. Otherwise, we don't talk about using a bandsaw for any kind of straight work at all. Uh, so that all played a role into it, just giving me the idea that, hey, this is a possibility to use a band, have my bandsaw be the primary power cutting tool in my workshop. So, so that's run roll. Uh, the other is uh, the issue of space. My workshop, as it stands, is the back of my garage. It's a two car garage that was built an extra eight feet deep. So. My shop is a long, narrow space. It's like 24, 26 feet wide and eight feet deep. So when I put a, and I wanted to have a bandsaw in there for curves, for resawing, um, but putting a table saw in there, even though I had a contractor's, it was a craftsman contractor saw, which I think was functionally identical to one of the rigid models at the time. Um, it just eat it, ate, eated, it eated up lots of floor space. So I just valued having more open space in a small shop than I did having the functionality of the table saw. So that, well, and you know, you know, thinking about it, like from a hand tool standpoint, because I would consider myself a pretty heavy hand tool user, but with a lot of tools mixed in, 
the bandsaw itself and the cutting action of a bandsaw, a bandsaw blade, is much more akin to any handsaw that you'll pick up than a table saw is. Right. Right? That there is teeth, there are gullets, and that is a vertical force, a cutting force. Like, theoretically, you should be able to cut as accurately on a bandsaw as you can with a handsaw if it's set up right, in my opinion, right? Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, And I know that in, like, for both of you guys, as, you know, like John moving into your new house and thinking about a garage shop space and Logan, as you're building a new space. And we've talked about even with our setup here for the video studio, like how much open space is a value in a workshop? Yeah. I definitely do appreciate the open space. I need my white space to spread out and not be on top of other things. And, but I often use my uh, table saw surface as a makeshift workbench. So kind (laughs) of double duty it that way. Right. Good or bad. I do it. Yeah. And I mean, we know being in the video studio here that, uh, the surface on the table saw to the right of the rip fence is functionally non-functional for the table saw. And it's more of another horizontal surface in which to pile things. Right. It's parts storage. Yep. <laughs> Not to mention underneath of that uh, extension table oh, yeah. as well. All right. the stuff is thrown under there and to get away from the camera. So... Yeah. So floor space played a big role in why I wanted to have uh, the table saw out of there. And as soon as I sold that table saw, and it was on a cart too, so it's not like it was, you know, welded in place or anything. Uh, as soon as I got that table saw out of there, man, just having that open space to be able to, you know, have project parts or a, you know, in process assembly that wasn't using up either my bench top or one of the surfaces for the tools just made a big difference. And it's a much more enjoyable space to be in. It just feels more open and airy and, and whatever. So like that played a role. And like you said to Logan, and this is, you know, where I was going with the subjective thing is I really enjoy learning to master tools or skills and you know it takes a little bit for every tool but with my bandsaw especially like to learn how to get the most out of it and I've learned a lot about what it takes to set up a bandsaw well which takes some time but not a lot of time but then also how to use that saw to make very straight accurate cuts to make, you know, for resawing to get the most out of a given board or plank or slab or whatever. Uh, And that's fun to me is to be able to have, um, to work within constraints or limits and to see what you can do with them. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, like, it's not that you're, you're not anti-table saw, like, 
if you're in the shop here and you need to cut a board, generally you're going to the table saw, right? Because it's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And we, like, I, I mean, we have you're not. Yeah, you're not dragging out the bandsaw just to use bandsaw because you hate table saws. <laughs> Wow. Right. It's not like your opinion of Ash where you just hate using it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like right. Ash or <laughs> <laughs> It's just that something had to go. Right. Something had to go. Yeah, because I will use, and I do use the table saw here, and I show using the table saw in videos and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. So, right. I am not... Uh, a table saw snob or whatever. Um, and I will say, and this is something that I want to be more aware of when we write articles, because we want to sell it in the fact that, you know, you can master these things, but every tool, hand tool or power tool to get, to use it well requires practice and skill. There are no tools in the shop that you just walk up to, flip the switch, pick it up off the shelf or whatever, and you will get perfect results every time if you've never used it before. So if you're going to be good at using a table saw, you need to use the table saw a lot. If you need, yeah. if you want to, no. if you want to get good results on a bandsaw, you have to use a bandsaw a lot. Okay, Phil. So if you right now went home tonight and somebody dropped a 40 by 40 shop in your backyard and you won the Rockler Dream Shop giveaway, I don't think they actually do that, but um, <laughs> this is theoretical. Okay. Would you put a band would you put a table saw back in your shop then? If you had plenty of room and money wasn't a concern, would you put a table saw back in your shop? Nope, I wouldn't. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I'm surprised. Okay. I would make, I would make other tool, tool choices. I think before I would do that, would there be a point where I maybe would down the road, but straight up right now? No, I wouldn't. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. What would your, I mean, would you, I see, I feel like this is the contrary and you saying no. Uh, would you, <laughs> and it might be, it might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm blind you, to those. How would you tackle, and I'm, I'm asking this out of a, a point from our, I know these questions will come up. I know your answer. How would you tackle sheet goods then? I would. And this kind of plays into another part. It was, you know, part of the question is what I what I use now. And I will admit that right now my sheet good cutting capabilities are limited in my current shop. In the theoretical 4040 dream shop in my backyard, I would go with some sort of track saw uh, setup. Standalone track saw or like ECS type? Um, see, right now, my prod, I don't have a lot of projects that are heavily sheet good oriented. So I'm working with 
half size sheets or smaller most of the time. So based on my current project history, and if I needed bigger sheets of plywood, I would just glue them up anyway. So yep. <laughs> he just gets them yeah, cut just, into I'm, small pieces and then, and then you just back glue them back together. together. Home. No, um, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated because I mean, I would the woodsmith MO is plywood projects. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. <clears throat> um, I would use a, a track saw setup of some sort. I would, if in a 40 by 40 space, I think I would have some kind of semi-permanent arrangement that I would like to have. Sure. Would like a panel saw or not a panel saw? I have a weird aversion against panel saws, but that's just from my experience. Yeah, I... Because I have, and I had designed this project years ago for shop notes, was like a semi knockdown panel saw, wall mounted panel saw that I really like and I think could work extremely well with a track saw setup. So I like that idea because then your pieces are vertical, they're not taking up a lot of heat, a lot of space um, in a shop. But I do like the idea of you know, just having like a sheet or a half sheet size of foam insulation, put your sheet good down on top of it, set the track saw on and start buzzing out parts. Um, I, and maybe it's because I like hand tools that I like that option or I like that idea of bringing the tool to the workpiece rather than the workpiece to the tool. Yeah. Well, and no, no matter what way you cut it, pun intended, wrestling sheet goods on the table saw sucks. Yes. Right. So. You know, which is why I've always had a fascination, like when I had a table saw, even when I had my first table saw was like a $99 Delta Shopmaster, you know, basically a you know, really portable table saw is basically turning it into like a baby sliding table saw. Cause you know, we've talked about this before on other podcasts is those giant sliding table saws are super cool and perfect for rough lumber and sheet goods, but they are also about the size of Rhode Island. So Yeah. So I would I would go with that route before I would go with taking coming back with a table saw. Today's episode is brought to you by Shaper Tools. They're the makers of the Shaper Origin, the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. You can tackle joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. You could try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Visit shapertools.com to learn more. See, and I think that I would agree with that. Like, I mean, I'm going to have a table saw no matter what, because if I sell another table saw and buy another table saw, my wife will have an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> so, like, I will always have my table saw. Uh, but as far as sheet goods go, like, I don't, I, I just hate, I hate messing around with sheet goods. So, I do like the idea of. ACS, and we've used them here. I've used them a bunch here. Oh, yeah. 
I like the ACS system, and it works really well if you're whipping out a bunch of parts the same size, like doing built-ins or doing cabinets yes. or something. Oh, for sure. But I, I like, in my opinion, for my shop and how I work, the track and track saw combo, the ability to stash that away and store it far outweighs what an ACS gives me. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Which is kind of like what I have in my current shop in the sense that when I have to do sheet work, I have a circular saw and several shop-made cutting guides, you know, that we've used in the magazine and on the show over and over again. And they work reasonably well for what they are. My circular saw is a little, uh, I think it's like a six-inch blade. It's a Porter Cable Saw Boss, which I don't think they make anymore. So I use that because I don't have a huge depth of cut on the small circular saw. So I, you know, so I don't need a, a large one. It's just enough to cut through the three quarter inch material. And I'll set those up on uh, either on saw horses or that little knockdown panel saw system that I have. And that works pretty well. And with skill, you can cut identical parts pretty easily. And with some practice, it's not, it's yeah, not think, impo- it's not impossible. Yeah. No, I think it just ends up a little bit slower with process, which for most of us doesn't really matter. Woodworking <laughs> speed is not a factor. Right, right. Whether the project takes me two years or six years, like that's not the part that's hanging me up is how long it takes to <laughs> yeah, cut, right. me, yeah. cut pro- sheet goods to size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me with the table saw is that I probably do just as much uh, like joinery on the table saw as I do ripping and cross cutting. Right. You know, like dados and rabbits or drawer drawer joinery or and so I mean I don't think I could do that on the bandsaw. I could definitely I'm sure get set up on with a router or router table and do the same stuff. It's just you know I'm all kind of set up with the table saw. So it's hard to right. let it go from, from that standpoint. Yeah. And, and again, that, that comes a subjective thing because I have always had a, um, tendency to do joinery work at using a router or a router table. And I know there's a lot of people that just love mm-hmm. to hate routers because of their noisy and spew dust all over the place and blah, blah, blah. And I get those, those are totally legitimate. But for me, and it's probably like that with you, John, for the table saw. It's like, I just understand using the router and a router table for joinery in a way that I don't on the table saw. Mm-hmm. It just is easier for me and it comes across, like I feel like I have more control and more visibility the way I want to work and want to see stuff going on than a, than a table saw does. and. And again, like I've done all of those things on the table saw and will continue to do them, you know, for video stuff here. So it's, again, it's not like I don't want to, it's just how I prefer to work. So, so I do have a a router table. Probably I'm going to build another router table to go in my shop to hold my slightly larger router motor that I have. So... So back to cutting tools, bandsaw for most work, uh, all the ripping 
duties, panels I do with a cross with a circular saw and the cutting guides. Um, at the start of a project, when I get project parts or boards, rough lumber in the shop, I will break them down into rough length with a handsaw. I have a, I think it's a 26 inch cross cut saw, handsaw that I use for parts. Again, because I enjoy using hand tools and with just a couple of low saw horses, I enjoy that physical interaction with the workpiece to make those cuts. It's fun for me. I have done some ripping. I have a nice rip saw that I've had sharpened that does a great job. I've even done some resawing with the hand rip saw. And that's kind of fun. I don't know that I want to do that for every project that I need to resaw stuff, but having learned that skill, though I can do better at it, it I enjoy that. And then I have a cordless jigsaw for your, you know, I use that a lot more for probably home improvement, home construction kind of stuff, but also on larger pieces where it's just impractical to cut a curve on the bandsaw, I'll use that. And then I have a couple of joinery saws because I, again, because I like to do hand work, you know, I'll use that for some tenons and dovetail work, half laps, you know, like lap dovetails where you're making a, say like a, I've made a bunch of side tables that the legs are connected with rails across the top and they use like a half lap dovetail to connect that to the, to the table leg. So, so I'll use, I'll use hand tools on that a lot. And those are, that's kind of fun. So those, those are my, I think that covers just about all the cutting tasks. Oh, I do have uh, a hand miter box that I use for repetitive or fine cross cuts. So, cause I don't have a power miter saw in my shop either. Wow. You hate those two. Yeah. I hate those two. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that's my, that's my current setup and it works well for my, for what I want to get out of woodworking right now, which is different than what it was. 10 years ago and probably will be different sure. again in 10 years. Cool. cool. Sounds like you got it covered. Yeah. So, um, I will say friend of the show, Ben Strano over at fine woodworking recently bought an Inca table saw that has a tilting table. The Arbor doesn't tilt the table does. But one thing that I've always liked about those is that it has the slot mortiser on the connected to the arbor so that you have like a built-in xy table for slot mortises which i was those kind of cool tools are super cool to me the only other thing that i would say is that and it that it didn't doesn't play a huge role but it is a factor is safety in the sense that yeah. i feel like a bandsaw inherently is a safer tool than a table saw so I've had yeah, scary with that. I'd have I have had scary moments on a bandsaw and on a table saw. 
Yeah. But I think in terms of a lot of the functions, there's, I feel more confident using a bandsaw than I do a table saw. Yeah. It's, it just seems a little bit more predictable, I would say, than a table saw can be. Yeah. If you mess up, it's going to do something crazy. Right. Throw something at you or pull something in or out or so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the, that's where I was coming at with why I don't have a table saw in my shop and what I do instead. I think there's several ways to go on setting up a shop. And I think that's part of one, like I said, part of what I want to do is just have it as a proof of concept that you can enjoy woodworking and do a lot of projects and you don't need a table saw to do it. Yeah. And how, how long ago? I mean, it's been over a year. Two years? Yeah, it's probably been two or three years since I got rid of the table saw. So it's obviously working out for you. Yeah, like I said, probably the only thing that I feel like I could be better at is what do I do with the, like, mid-size panels? You know, big sheets I can break down with the circular saw. When you start to get into, you know, like, coffee table size or bedside table or occasional tables that are rectangular. I don't know that I feel fully confident in what I've been doing. I've done some of that with a handsaw and just cleaning it up with a hand plane, which is fine. But, you know, planing across end grain can be tough depending on the material. And mm-hmm. I just need to work on my hand sawing skills, you know, to make a make square cuts closer right off the bat or using the circular saw with just a really short cutting guide to do it that way. Straight edge and a router. Straight. It's the way to go. <laughs> and I've done that, too, which is totally, totally legit is just making that cut with a hand saw. And then to clean up the blade marks and make sure it's square, just set up a straight edge and a pattern bit or a flush trim bit or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just freehand it. Yeah. Or freehand it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Anyway, there you go. If you have any questions or comments or smart remarks on that, I would love to hear from you. Um, and would like to know if there are other table saw free shops out there. Or if there's other tools that you found that you can live without and you've done just fine. Yeah. Cause I, you know, there's, you know, I, it's not like I use it every day, but I consider my drill press to be an essential tool in my workshop and other people might mm-hmm. not. So like, what are the, what's the, accepted wisdom in woodworking that you find isn't quite so necessary Mm -hmm. because you have a table saw for your in at home, right? I do. I have a table saw and I enjoy that. I went the longest time without having a bandsaw and was just fine because I just saw it as a tool to cut curves. Right. And that's it. But, um, finally got one on a whim a year or two ago and I really enjoy it. So for all the reasons that you enjoy the bandsaw. Yeah. Just that it's safer and does lots of, you know, different things and than a table saw and 
So I enjoy having that. Yeah. But I've always been able to live without a planer, a planer and jointer, but that might just be because I have access to them here. Right. Yeah. So if I was just at my home shop, I don't think I'd have room for them regardless, but I would just find, uh, find a way to build projects without, you know, having to thickness wood and joint it. So right. I'd probably glue up plywood <laughs> and go with that. You know, the, the original question from Ian, he talked about wanting to have a thickness sander. Mm-hmm. And since we've had the one in our shop and going back to Logan's earlier uh, point, you know, if I had a 40 by 40 space, I would consider getting a thickness sander before I would getting a, a new table saw to fill that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have said yep. that even a year and a half ago, but having the opportunity to use the one that we have in the shop here for video props and photo props and stuff like that, I can see where it is a very, it's not a replacement for a thickness planer, but it's a very good mm-hmm. best friend of the thickness planer. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a luxury item that that's really enjoyable. Yeah. So what do we have coming up, John, for projects? Is it the outdoor table? Uh, for the TV for the show? For the TV show, yeah. Or, yeah, we have a patio table kind of run up. So it's always fun to build outdoor projects. You know, they're a little bit more rustic and I don't know. Is that the word? Yeah, I, I feel like there's no <laughs> good get, word yeah. for it because it's like – it's a little bit more casual, but that makes it seem like yeah. it's sloppy, but that's not really the case. I don't know. Yeah. It's nice to be able to go get, I mean, usually we're, uh, prescribing, um, like home center materials. So it's pretty common materials. You can go pick them up, bring them back. Um, yeah, I don't know if casual is the word, but it's just a nice change of pace. That's true. Yeah. From, you know, really fine furniture and, you know, get after them with a circular saw and yeah, the table saw if you got one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because it's also a little less fussy because yeah, the design for outdoor furniture is usually paired back to the, you know, because you're just looking at overall geometric shapes rather than a lot of, you know, really intricate, delicate moldings and things like that on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that um, our designers that have, you know, put the project, the outdoor projects out in the past have done a really good job of, you know, making them a little bit more elegant and rather than just, you know, a normal picnic table that you might see, you know, out there. So they've, they've got some intricacies to them, make them look nice. Yes. Yeah. So it upgrades it to business casual, I think. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, but yeah, so we got that coming up. And, and then what are you designing right now? Oh, um, for next issue, I am currently working on uh, like a power tool organizer workstation type thing. Okay. It's not completely done yet. So it's, you know, still in, it's always in flux until it's been built. Right. So. We'll see what it turns out to be, but cool. working on that. Um, trying to think of what the other project. Had. Oh, had a plant stand. 
that's been built for a while. That'll be in the next issue as well. Yeah. So that's what I got going on in the magazine world. Cool. So wrapping up the current issue and moving on to the next one. So, yep. But love it. Yep. All right. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, I want to hear about them. You can send us an email, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or leave them in the comments section on our YouTube channel, uh, where you will see our smiling, happy faces on this podcast if you aren't familiar with it and are only listening it on the radio. Uh, want to give a special shout out to Shaper Tools. They're the makers of that Shaper Origin it's the thing that combines the CNC with a handheld router and adds digital precision to your woodworking. You can do all kinds of stuff with it, joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation with speed and precision. They have a special deal going. You can try it in your shop for 30 days. Visit shapertools.com to learn more. Thanks everybody for sticking with us and we'll see you next week on the Shop Notes podcast. Bye everybody.